All right, hey, you guys. So I think this is Overland Bound podcast number... Two. No, it's number three now. Oh. Yeah, it's number three because we got the intro. We got the intro. And then we've got the founding principles. And now tonight we are here with Yellow and Yeti um, who have stopped by on their way up to Oregon at least. And you guys might be going... Even farther, and we're keeping them up late. They've been on the road all day, and we had a nice dinner, and now we're going to sit down and, and, and talk for a little while. So, you guys, welcome. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. We've been following both of you guys for how many years now? Two, At three. At least two. At least two years. Two and a half. Um, how, did, how, did, how did this begin? I'd say it all began, well, it's been about three years, mm-hmm. really. And uh, started with Instagram, got on there. I would use it like a uh, editing app or a filter yeah. for photos and quickly uh, started to realize there's more to it, you mm-hmm. know, the connections and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, what, six, eight months down, down the road, I uh, scrolled past a couple beautiful photos of a young lady in her Jeep, uh-huh. like a, a, a lot of the things that I like to do, and yeah. uh, quickly introduced uh, YOLO into my life that way. Mm-hmm. So. Somehow we, we came across each other and uh, had some really long, kind of deep talks about what we really wanted out of life, things we had never mm-hmm. talked about with other people, yeah. kind of mm-hmm. opened up in a way that was way different, things yeah. that we couldn't tell people that were really close to us. That's that was where we met and then escalated quickly from there. <laughs> it was, it, it's funny. You consider like really our first like date slash mm-hmm. meeting each other in person yeah. was going on a, a camping trip. Yeah. And you think that's kind of odd maybe because people I think meet in way other have fashions. Yeah. yeah. Or at a bar <laughs> or, or through friends or whatever. And, yeah. and we spent all that time talking, getting to know each other. I felt like I knew him inside and out. Mm. And then seeing him in person, I was like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then we go on a camping trip. Yeah. So those months before that camping trip really were filled with all the conversations I never had in my life. You know, I mm-hmm. first and foremost, became vulnerable for the first time in my life. Somehow, uh, <laughs> sounds weird to say, we used to say, uh, custom built, like yeah. custom built for each other <laughs> in that weird way, you know, that awesome. and that's, that's what that's it felt. Weird. Yeah. That awesome. that's, weird, so. that's what it felt like. Yeah. So oh, modified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of research. <laughs> A lot yeah. of conversations. It's, yeah, it was awesome. It was uh, really a unique experience, you know, and I never once took it for granted or uh, didn't acknowledge the uniqueness in it. You know, I fully accepted it. And once that realization came to me, it was, I was all in, you know. Mm-hmm. See what this life has. Yeah. choose your rig like how did Miss Tina come into your life it's such a specific model year like you know I had had a oh man an envoy SUV for seven years no payments but it was starting to go down the drain 
you know, it was time to finally get rid of it, pick something new. And I'm like, I don't want a payment. What can I get? It doesn't cost very much. I've always wanted a Jeep. Well, then I go look at Jeeps. I'm like, they're not cheap. <laughs> what am I going to do? And so I'm like, all right, I can afford a TJ. You know, yeah. I can afford that those years. They make them from 97 to 2006. Mm -hmm. And I'm like somewhere in that range. And I really wanted a white one. That was, I was loving white. And white, silver, that sort of range. And I found, uh, at the time, I was living up in Fresno. And I found this one in Tracy. And she was blue. And she was just a stock, you know, kind of older one. I'm sitting there. And I'm like, I remember sitting in it thinking, Jeeps are tiny. Mm -hmm. She's kind of <laughs> dirty. This is, this is going to be interesting. All right, I'll take her. You know, she had the top off. I went for a ride in it. I actually didn't even know how to drive stick. So I actually had to sit passenger. <laughs> <laughs> I actually couldn't even drive her home that night. I bought her. I remember it was so, I was like, I was dying. I was like so excited. And it, it took a while once I learned her. The, the second I, I realized I was comfortable driving her, that was it. Mm -hmm. I was just Jeep life. I, yeah. I don't know what it is. But it, it turned wheels, and all of a sudden, I wanted to go outdoors all the time and take the top off in the middle of winter, and yeah, just happened. Hooked me. Yeah, cool. How then? Uh, Yeti. When was your? What was your first Jeep? My first Jeep. I I think in 2011. Yeah. I went out with a couple buddies. They all had uh, a couple different types of rigs, like Samurais and a TJ, and a couple other things like that, and immediately got hooked, you mm -hmm. know, on trail running and stuff around Eastern San Diego. And at the time I had pickups and things like that, dirt bikes, quads and stuff, even a buggy. And one particular weekend run, went with my buddy and his TJ and we just like tooled around the mountains. It was like a scenic type drive, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that was a Saturday or Sunday and Monday I was down at the Jeep dealer, bought a brand new JK. You know, and uh, bought it late in the evening, and I think the sun came up, and I was on three wheels climbing a mountain by myself with like <laughs> four wheel drive, fifteen <laughs> miles from the dealership, and right. from that point on, I was behind the wheel wow. as much as possible. Wow! So, and the Yeti came along not long after that. I think mm -hmm. I did a couple pretty good desert runs with with the Silver JK. It was a really great rig. As far mm -hmm. as turnkey, I got in it. Four-wheel drive worked. The suspension worked. It did almost everything for mm -hmm. me, you know. Immediately realized I wanted more of a raw experience. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, it, honestly, three months in, I was shopping for an older rig to kind of run with all my buddies. Mm -hmm. Found myself on the trail in the JK with the windows up you know, talk conference calls over <laughs> over the phone while I'm climbing hills and stuff with them. And right. I'd see them just having a blast. So uh, made a deal with a buddy that had what would be the Yeti, a stock little white TJ. Yep. And uh, at the same time, I went and bought a tubing vendor and got the old die grinder out and cut that Jeep up. Mm -hmm. Three months later was the Yeti rolled out of the garage and I kept looking at the silver Jeep and I loved it. But it wasn't what I was looking for. Yeah. So now your your fabrication is uh, amazing. How long have yeah. you been fabricating? Uh, I give it a 
honest 15 years or wow, so yeah. you know it really did start in uh the collision industry you know repairing wrecked cars and stuff like that and uh worked my way through that system to becoming like a journeyman and mm -hmm. uh enjoyed that skilled craft but even at what was the top level in that field it wasn't uh creative enough i took uh like I said, three months, and I literally, within the first week of owning the Yeti, I just cut it off at the A-pillar and removed everything from the back. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember uh, the guy I got the Jeep off of coming over, and I'm, I was really excited. Like, I got a build going here. You got to check this thing out. And he almost fell off on the floor when he saw his, his Jeep that he had, I think, commuted with for, oh, who knows how many years, drove his kids to school. And, you know, it was like, I was taken back by it because I thought he'd be so excited to see the transformation. He thought I was butchering it. You know, it was like, it couldn't have been a worse scene to him in the world. Yeah. And uh, three months later, he was like my dedicated passenger at that point. I built, mm -hmm. built the passenger seat to fit him and uh, had no idea YOLO was going to come into my life. Mm -hmm. So... We still got to adjust those seats. <laughs> yeah, the seats are still in the wrong. I'm like, I want to drive, but I have to sit like two feet forward in the seat to reach the pedals. <laughs> so, the fabrication part really was a, a, a couple of things for me. It was after a series of surgeries. I, at that point, was just recovering. I had near, I was nearly paralyzed in my left arm at massive muscle atrophy. Couldn't use my left arm. I had clawing. Mm -mm in my fist it was uh like self-therapy for on a couple different levels physical really because i was building a jeep pretty extensively you know as far as metal work and stuff goes with one arm at the time yeah so that was nice and then therapeutic because i locked myself in the garage for three months and rolled out with that you know and you taught yourself tube bending at that yeah, time too never bent a tube new. nobody ever showed me how to do it so wow. I started bending tubes and buzzing them together and found out you're pretty good at it. All yeah, the results are amazing. <laughs> and for anybody who's seen, you know, your, the trailer being yeah. fabricated from the ground up in the same fashion, you right. did it your own style, right. colored outside the lines. It's a, an mm. amazing piece of gear. I appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, when did you guys, um, transition or or was it a transition between going on you know the 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 quick trip after you got your rig to hey we want to do longer you know longer term travel like this this is going to be a three-week trip man yeah. well there was a long time in between that I feel like because we hadn't met each other yet and I was still doing my nine-to-five job mm -hmm. and wishing for more, knowing that there's more out there. And then I think, I feel like the Jeep was the opening to that, kind of opening my eyes. And once I realized that where I was heading in life wasn't where I wanted to be, and I didn't want to look back 40, 50 years from now and have regrets that I didn't actually go after the dreams I'd always had. Yeah. And so in that time we met and we figured out I wanted to just run off and just, I don't even know where I wanted to go. I don't even know what direction. I was just kind of in a, in a state of almost bliss of 
I can go do anything. You know, I can fly. And he was there and we're like, let's, let's be adventure partners. You know, and that's a, it's the term we used. Mm -hmm. We still use it. It's still our, it's the only thing that really fits. Mm -hmm. It really does. I'd say to answer your question, as far as when did it happen, it, it was a slow but fast evolution. You know, yeah. there have been those weekend trips like with, with the JK and initially uh, the Yeti was just a weekend rig that I'd go out with buddies and we'd go rock crawling or run trails and stuff like that. And oftentimes I'd find at the end of a weekend, I'd be the guy up on my tippy toes looking at the ridge, thinking about what's on the other side. Why can't we go another day? Things like that. And honestly, I think our first time hanging out, we did just a camping trip in the local I, mountains i yeah. flew down oh okay yeah that. Yeah, yeah we did did one up in the Fresno which, area which that order? would be the first one yeah it was a quick like night or two type mm-hmm. thing and then immediately was uh i knew she was coming down she's gonna fly down it'd been a little while and it was the first uh, i would say where the yeti evolved from that dedicated weekend rig where maybe a little six-pack cooler and a backpack would mm-hmm. fit in there to looking around the house and finding like a like a travel pod like a luggage pod that goes on top of a minivan or something for a road trip and an old uh hitch receiver cargo rack and i i think it was the night before she got there i'm like she's gonna bring luggage and we're gonna go on the road and i made those plans and welded a little rack to put on the roof of the yeti which is still gets used regularly and we strung our first adventure together there where I was going to introduce her to uh, what was my crew at the time in the desert. And so we went down to like a little hotel in, I'd say, Borrego area, uh-huh. Desert Ironwoods. We got a room there, hung out, then made a run over to Truck Haven area, hung out with the crew for the weekend. And when they do their typical pack up and go home, just... there were spots that we had talked about in the middle of the night, you know, on, on dream places to go explore, like Salton Sea and all those really kind of... I don't know, trippy, fun, faraway places that are really close, mm-hmm. you know? And that turned into that run where it was, I guess, the first of a, a, a lot of freestyle adventures that we've done. Yeah. So For, it, it was mm-hmm. fasting and slow at the same time. Right, yeah, way, it know? was. For me, it was my first desert experience. Wow. Yeah. And I never knew that I liked the desert. Yeah. You know, I grew up close to Sierras, and I, I always thought, well, I'm a mountain girl, or I grew up in the country, you know? seeing flatland grasses and that sort of thing and my first desert trip I remember just being in love with it it was mm-hmm. weird how fast it it worked and thinking that he he would talk about really knowledgeable about the land and history and places that he's never been but has seen or or heard about and so we just started exploring just a couple and I'm like let's go out more we gotta we, we gotta come back we, we gotta go we gotta make yeah. this trip we gotta make this trip and so it seems like the evolution would just turn into a four-day trip, maybe a five-day trip. Let's go on a Tuesday, and who knows mm-hmm. when we'll come back. And Yeah, it was typical just... we'd pack for two and go for eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that did a lot of things for us because uh, those boundaries that we were pushing unintentionally uh, created confidence in us. Like we're, We'd look at each other and we'd be like, we really stretched that one out. You know, and, yeah. and to find somebody that's okay with, another day and the day after that with no real direction says a lot about life with that person, you know, and that's just a silly desert trip. 
-hmm. but I saw deeper into that and realized I like that. I like that about her. I like that about somebody that'll let me be that way. So now do you guys, um, do you always camp off grid or how often do you camp Mm -hmm. off grid versus pulling into an alley behind, you know, a a shop or whatever, you know. That's a great question. That's a great question. How do you guys do it? Almost always out Mm -hmm. by ourselves. If we have the choice to push another hour behind the wheel to get further out and not do like the urban type setup, we always pick that as much as possible within reason. You know, mm-hmm. safety and things like that, driving too long, getting tired. But uh, we've done a very, like a handful of urban nights. You know, we definitely researched uh, like how you can get away with kind of stealth camping. Mm-hmm. And I find it pretty important to know that in a, in a need type situation. But if it was a one out of 10 type scenario, I say eight eight nights out of those 10 nights. I found myself editing the conversation with you guys because I'm like, no, they, they can't like, they go off the grid. Like uh-huh. they're not, they're not going to want to hang out in Dublin. California. <laughs> oh my God. Like, <laughs> totally. Though, but I was like, no, no, no. They're like, they're hardcore. Yeah. Like they're, they're always finding. Well, we can't always. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and sometimes if we know we have to do something in the morning, it just makes it easier to just camp somewhere close or. Yeah. Um, you know, you also, you're not very stealthy when you pull out a tent, right. a rooftop <laughs> tent. Right. So you that can't always do that. I was thinking about that. Some overland rigs are more, they accommodate that more. Um, even um, Broke But Rich, their, their Defender 110 is all enclosed. You can't tell if somebody's there or not. That's right. It's a little bit more stealthy, mm-hmm. whereas your mm-hmm. setup... Yeah. You're, it's in your face, really. You can right. see it, yeah. right? I mean, you can it see is. the tent is the yeah. tent is open. We yeah. do struggle sometimes with feeling like that could be an easier route for us sometimes versus yeah. the way we. Yeah. But something about us having the more raw Jeep mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of going in places yeah. that are a little harder to get to or a little more further back. It, just right now, that's just it's fitting, right? Yeah, it's fitting. It's kind of it part is. of the journey for us right now. There isn't many a nights that we look at each other like, that was a lot of work, <laughs> you know, <that> was, <laughs> right. we really hung it out there to get here, but uh, it's always worth it. Mm-hmm. It really is. Well, it's like what Corey says, you wake up in the morning, the couple of times you've explained some awesome trips, we wake up in the morning and we're always just in awe of where we're at. So recently you guys... Um, you had a fabrication business mm-hmm. and you left what you were doing. Where are you guys going now? What's mm-hmm. the journey ahead? If you, if you mm-hmm. can project forward. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Really? I think we ask that question yeah. ourselves right yeah. now. <laughs> That's a good question. You know, we're just flowing with it. Yeah. We're fortunate enough to be, uh, here tonight. Yeah. And, uh, I think what we found and we've had conversations with each other about is uh, once we stopped forcing things or, or maybe putting a structure around, not that we don't have goals, we're very goal orientated, but 
in a very untraditional way. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we'll put thoughts or dreams into words between each other. And it's amazing how they present themselves down the road. So a lot like the question you just asked, we're not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, this vehicle-based adventure lifestyle is really kind of showed itself in a lot of different ways to us and it's provided when we needed it most mm-hmm. and we go without a, a lot more than we usually share you know but it's been a beautiful experience it really mm-hmm. has, so. well, looking at your recent <laughs> history you guys are not in lack of things to do right mm-hmm. I mean you guys are um, the, the Rebel Rally recently. I mean, that must yeah. have been an amazing experience. And that was absolutely. fun to watch. I'm yeah. glad to hear you guys. And yes. jealous to watch all the feels mm. were happening. It's like, yes. <laughs> go girl. But, oh. We know I'm, I'm doing it next year. That's a yeah, plan of mine. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. There, there it is. Cool. I don't have a partner for next year yeah. yet. So Curly's that's gonna out there. run her own team, which yeah. is awesome. Cool. She's got a family member of hers that wanted to do it with her, so Mm -hmm. she made that decision, and I'm totally for it, because Mm -hmm. we both agreed that it was a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity experience to be the first and to to experience everything it entails, everything we learned, and so I think we're both excited to bring in somebody new and share it with somebody else and let them experience it, too. Mm -hmm. Pretty incredible. Now I'll ask, what, what should we ask that we do not ask? Oh, let's see. Things I've dreamed of doing uh, as a child. I didn't grow up uh, with a male role model or anybody to really show me the things that a traditional man should do. Mm -hmm. You know, like maybe work on a car or do things like that. Go out and explore and hunt and all these things that are kind of traditionally formed into what you consider a manly man type Mm -hmm. of thing. But as a kid, I found uh, like the Camel Trophy series, that whole thing. And I remember completely just like a magnet to it, absolute magnet to it. And uh, it faded away with time. You know, it wasn't something like I really focused on through my uh, adult life. But uh, anytime I would see anything like that, you know, related it would catch my eye and, and always thought, how cool would it be to go do that, to be a part of it, to just somehow be in that type of environment. And I think the lifestyle that we're kind of living right now is a way to play that out. Mm -hmm. You know, never once in my life thought, uh, I'd have an opportunity. I don't know if compete is a word to really, really embodies it but uh participate in something like that right Mm -hmm. and recently got became aware of what the 36 hours of uari that whole thing Mm -hmm. lightly saw some pictures in the passing months and was like whoa what are they doing it looks oddly familiar but wasn't real sure of it and then say over the last couple weeks decided that we want to enter in that and do that as a couple oh when uh, it's in August. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. So it's like an unofficial. We haven't. Now that's official. It's now official. It's official. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. 
So, I mean, really, in a weird way, like we talk about just the adventures we go on and the lifestyle of living full time out of the rig. The things that happen daily, uh, there's a lot of ups and downs in that lifestyle, challenges. I really don't remember ever not smiling through those challenges and those ups and downs because it's kind of chasing some weird dream, but at the same time feeling like I was preparing myself for something, not knowing what that is. And we caught wind of this, that event. And I'm like, it's almost like it's custom built for us to go do as a couple. Mm -hmm. And it sounds awesome. And I said, I don't know how many people drive their rig across country and then compete in it, but I think that would be cool. And I started thinking about it and I go, it'd be even cooler to do it in like a really raw rig, like the Yeti. So I'm like, we're going to do it in the Yeti. Let's do it that way. <laughs> right? Like, let's, let's right. make sure right. it's hard, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> like, Up the ante a let's, little. <laughs> let's earn it. And we're going to drive it out there and we want to compete. It's in North Carolina. Yeah, so. and, then, and then see where that trail takes us from there. But really, you know, like the firearms part of it and the canoeing and all that stuff. Like, how much more perfect you know, is that? Relationships are really simple. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the word I was thinking. Oh, we're gonna test it. That's for sure. We got a lot of no problem. (laughs) Life's become too simple, so we wanted to throw that in. But the 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 yeah yeah yeah. it's real simple. (laughs) Right. But the the fun part of that is then it's immediately backed by the rebel rally. So Mm -hmm. then she's gonna jump jump ship and go do that. So. So I guess that plays back to an earlier question where you asked uh, goals or what do we see mm-hmm. long term. I would love to string life over the next year, couple of years with a series of those type of events, mm-hmm. you know, right. and kind of live that childhood fantasy of going and doing these epic things and being a part or a participant or even a volunteer or anything that has to do with this lifestyle. So. Yeah. Really, the experiences. Yeah, yeah wow. the experiences of it. So I think that's, you got to dive head in, you know, and <laughs> see how it all plays out. It's that whole, I had it on my page for a long time, doing what they say can't be done. Just, mm. and it, it seems like it's all about, well, proving to other people that you can do something, but really it's become proving to ourselves mm. that we can do something. Because your first reaction, I remember when I first heard about the rally, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then I looked more into it and I'm like, I can't afford it. We can't afford that. Like, that's too much work. Like, that's a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of prep and a lot of, I don't, I, I don't even know how to use compass. Like I had to learn all that stuff. And mm-hmm. then I, once you, you ask yourself, are you just making excuses or are these legit reasons why you can't do it? Mm-hmm. And when you rule them all out and you realize you're just making excuses, mm-hmm. it's proving to yourself that you can really do it and taking the the commitment and, and yeah. following through. Mm-hmm. And that's what's become yeah. a, a good lesson for me yeah. personally to just mm-hmm. follow through with something I really want to do. Yeah, that's true. Even, I mean, really through everything that we do, a lot of times people ask us how we do what we're doing, this lifestyle full time out of the rig and traveling around. And it seems hard. And honestly, the hardest part of it was after making the commitment to do it, to follow through and take those initial first steps. Because that wall of 
literally walking away from your comfort zone and the things that you spend a lifetime building up as like a support mm -hmm. for yourself. Uh, that's a, a scary, huge, giant wall of unknown. But I quickly found once we looked at each other, had the talks we need to talk about and made the commitment, it was all a facade. It really wasn't anything but self-doubt and like this padded fear from just all the things I've heard and seen through my life that was the hard part. Mm -hmm. Everything else, it's fun if you let it be fun, you know. I often say like enjoy the struggle. We really do enjoy the struggles. <laughs> we honestly do. It's obvious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that's a good message. In the, yeah. In the sense that, like the message is always consistent. Like hustle with a smile. Well, and a clear thing, like you guys clearly set your own path and do your own thing and you do it your way. Like, and you, you said, we were talking earlier tonight and you, you said you almost put blinders on and, and it, it almost in a way that ensures that you're doing it in your own way, Yeah. you know, and just what you were saying is a really good message, right? How much of, you know, our, our internal dialogue is creating a comfort zone for us that is really not real. It's true. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, it really is that way. And that bleeds into all aspects of life. All right, you guys. Thank you for sharing yeah, your story. For having us. Yeah, absolutely. And look forward to following along and seeing where you guys uh, go on this trip. That'll be awesome. And man, exciting things uh, in August. Mm -hmm. It's been a long day. Yeah. 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 2017 is going to be. See where it goes. Goose to that.